Perverted, brought to you by Sputnik Africa. Everybody, welcome to another episode of the Afroverdict podcast, where I bring you insightful discussions on issues affecting the African continent. Today, we are focusing on a topic that has been shrouded in controversy for far too long, and that will be the activities of the British Army Training Unit Kenya, or Batuk. The primary function of this regiment is to train British troops in counterinsurgency and peacekeeping operations. However, over the years, there have been allegations of Batuk's involvement in human rights abuses and other illegal activities in Kenya. Despite these allegations, nothing has been done to hold Batuk accountable for its actions. And in fact, the Kenyan government has also recently launched an investigation into the crimes of Batuk, however, to no avail. No successful outcome has been reached yet. To shed light on this issue, we are going to speak today with the chairman of a Kenyan NGO, the African Center for Corrective and Preventative Action. He's joining us to discuss Batuk's activities in the country, the failure to prosecute the perpetrators, and the case of Agnes Wanjiru, among other issues. But before we dive into that, let's take a quick look at the history of this Batuk. The unit was established in 1964, shortly after Kenya gained independence from British colonial rule. And over the years, Batuk has been involved in various training operations in the African country, including in the fight against terrorism. However, it is the allegations of human rights abuses and other illegal activities that have raised eyebrows and drawn attention. One of the most high-profile cases involves Agnes Wanjiru. In 2012, the lifeless body of the 21-year-old Wanjiru mother of a two-year-old daughter, was discovered in a septic tank in Anyuki, Kenya. She was last seen alive with a British soldier. In October of 2021, the British newspaper The Sunday Times reported that a soldier had confessed to his comrades to killing Wanjiru and showed them her body. Now, the report alleged that the murder was taken to military superiors, but no further action followed. Another issue that has been raised is the presence of unexploded mines and shells in Kenyan soil. These weapons were left behind by British troops during previous operations, and clearly they pose a serious risk to the local population. But despite repeated calls for their removal, little has been done to address this issue. That said, Let's welcome James Mwangi Masharia, who has been at the forefront of advocacy on these issues. And he's joining us to discuss Batuk's activities in Kenya, the failure to prosecute the perpetrators, and the need for accountability and justice. Mr. Masharia was recently attacked by thugs, so it is truly an honor to have this chance of actually speaking to him. Mr. Macharia, thank you for joining me on Afro Verdict today. You were recently attacked. Are you okay, sir? How are you? Thank you very much for concern, and uh, I'm faring on well. I've spent the whole, nearly four of the morning hours in the clinic for for checkups, and uh, I'm I'm doing better from last week. Uh, pain. I think I'm 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 better. I'm better off. That's why today I. I decided that I cannot postpone this interview because the day we were scheduled to have the interview is the day that I was attacked. Well, thank God you're all right, sir. I'm glad to hear that you are alive. 
Maybe you can tell our audience uh, a bit more about what your organization does. I'm the chairperson uh, of a Kenyan registered uh, non-governmental organization called African Center for Corrective and Preventive Action. And uh, we are registered to pursue matters public benefit. Uh, particularly purpose for the interview, we have, uh, we have been pursuing justice for the people of Kenya, particularly victims of the British Army uh, abuses in the counties in the region of Reykjavik, Isioro and Samburu. Thank you, Mr. Macharia. In its 59 years of existence, the British Army Training Unit in Kenya, Batuk, has been the subject of numerous allegations of criminal acts, including murder, sexual abuse and environmental damage. Although no British personnel have ever been formally charged or convicted. So how can this situation change with your organization's efforts? Indeed, uh, out of our small ways, we did uh, melt something that the British government had been protecting itself from 1963, was called the sovereign immunity. Since independence, the British government has been having troops in Kenya and they have been claiming sovereign immunity which I challenged in 2021, and I won against the British government. And uh, currently, they are no longer immune from prosecution, civil and criminal, for actions that they have uh, for actions against Kenyan people and the Kenyan environment. So, so far, I can report to you affirmatively that uh, last year, March, we had we were given a very revolutionary judgment by a high court in Kenya that British soldiers, they are both criminally and civilly responsible and they can be prosecuted here in Kenya. But we are yet to see uh, operationalization of that uh, court judgment by government of Kenya. And that is what we are now pursuing to see that whatever judge said will be implemented. The Kenyan government has also launched an investigation into Batuk's operation. In your view, what implications might this inquiry have for the military cooperation between Kenya and the United Kingdom? Currently, we are having a problem with, uh, with the government of Kenya because uh, it's still uh, yet to recover from the colonial history. The vestiges of colonialism are still lampant in government of Kenya. But for the first time since independence, they have initiated the inquiry and we have made a serious contribution that will see either farm measures taken against the British Army Training Unit in Kenya. Many Kenyans have recommended that they be expelled from the country because Kenyans have never understood what are these soldiers doing in Kenya. Fundamentally, because the training here is not sustainable. So the parliamentary inquiry may have far-reaching implications on the presence of the British training army unit in Kenya. Many Kenyans, many organizations have recommended that they be shut down and, uh, so that uh, uh, Kenyans can feel a trust. They have sovereignty. The struggle that they went, our forefather went through uh, are coming into reality. Back in 2022, your organization brought legal action against Batuk, seeking compensation and reparations for the wildfire allegedly caused by British soldiers. At what stage are the legal proceedings a year after filing the class action? Indeed, uh, we brought the, the case against the army 
they 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 resisted the 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 case. They ensured that they made presentation in court. They made presentation in court that they are not subject to the laws of Kenya and uh, they enjoy immunity from prosecution and they cannot entertain any legal action against them. But because of the courage that we had and we said, no, 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 we are Kenya, we have a constitution and we have laws and there's no way uh, soldiers can come into our country, train, destroy our environment and kill our people and go back to UK without uh, facing charges. And that is what we, we did and we won. That one has never uh, has never been appreciated by the United Kingdom, also by the government of Kenya, because of Kenya's uh, bilateral and trade relationship with the UK. But that notwithstanding, we have a very, very strong uh, judgment against them. Uh, they were directed to compensate 7,000 victims of their fire. They are supposed to restore the environment. They admitted that 7% of Ministry of Defense carbon um, emissions came from Kenya. 1.7 billion kilograms of carbon were emitted from Kenya. So uh, nothing they have not compensated. They are not uh, they are not uh, communicating as to what they are doing. And uh, to us, it's a it's an insult to our conscience as African people and as Kenyans that a high court can give directions and the United Kingdom that pride itself as a as a you know that pillar of the rule of law and justice and international justice is violating court orders of a commonwealth court. So to us it's a shock. The ruling is now nearly two years since it was it was issued, but uh, nothing is going on. No, we are trying to do letters and nothing is forthcoming. We are getting same stories and our people are still dying. Currently, over 100 claimants are dead. Over 100 claimants, people who filled claim forms to be compensated for the fire, are now dead, mostly from respiratory challenges. And uh, as we say, justice delayed is justice denied. And we are calling on international community to support us to bring these soldiers uh, into account for their actions of destroying our environment and killing our people. The African Center for Corrective and Preventative Action has been an advocate for the victims of Batuk's activities, in particular, the family of late Agnes Wanjiru. So could you take our listeners through the story of this family as they seek justice for the horrific death of Ms. Wanjiru? It is one of the most painful atrocity committed to a Kenyan since independence by these soldiers. It is a crime that uh, goes beyond uh, anything you can imagine of. A 21-year-old young mother, she left daughter of five months. Today she's 12 years. She's asking, where is my mother? Where is my mommy? This lady was savagely killed by the soldiers. They are even making fun of it in the social media. They are free in the streets of London. When that offense happened, it was reported to Ministry of Defense headquarters in London. The cover-up that has been there is so enormous. And that's why we came in this year to demand information as to the extent of investigations and possible extradition of these soldiers 
We filed a, court, uh, a case in a Kenyan constitutional court, and we are having a case. We are having a mention. The court is sitting on 29th, so that we can know where the case is at. This case has seen three presidents in Kenya, from Mike Baki, Uhuru Kenyatta, and now President William Ruto. We have seen over five directors of public prosecutions, four directors of criminal investigations. No one wants to touch this fire because they do not want to undermine Kenya's relationship with the United Kingdom. They, they don't want to undermine that relationship. That relationship to them is bigger than human rights, than lives of Kenya. The purpose of any government is to protect lives and properties. The young lady was killed by non-soldiers. They are still alive. And Kenyan government, for the last number of years, the UK has been saying that the investigation lies on Kenya. The jurisdiction of investigations lies in Kenya, with Kenyan police authorities. But there has not been any visible uh, communication coming to that to, to effect. To, to that effect. So that's why we say we are going to take a bull by its horn and we file this case against the British Army. Because there's no way, there's no way, 12 years, a simple investigation has never been concluded, even from UK. We, our partner lawyers in UK, they have been pursuing information. They have not been given any information from MOD in, in London. And we are talking of a young lady, a Kenyan, they have no even respect for the for the young daughter. The family lives in abject poverty. They cannot feed themselves. They keep on calling this young lady a prostitute. Prostitution is not allowed in this country. She was a young she was a student, but it's simply because they just want to defame her and make her look worthless in the eyes of international community. They just want to brand her a sex worker. She was a young mother, five months old daughter, you know. It is a, it's a very painful story, very painful for African people. And that's why Kenyans are angry, very angry about, about the, the presence of these forces, because they even don't want to show any mercy, even support to any of that family. This case has seen more than six high commissioners coming to Kenya from UK, and no high commissioner has ever visited this family. They have never received any support from the United Kingdom, despite the fact them admitting that they're the one who killed her. They threw her in a septic tank. No. In the same hotel, the family moved across the country looking for their daughter. Yet the British Army commanders in Laikipia knew that Agnes was in a septic tank in a hotel. They just wanted her to rot, her body you know, decomposed completely, and no one will ever know where Agnes went. Luckily, Kenyans who are emptying that septic tank, found her, and they reported to the authorities. And that's how Agnes was found. We are talking about serious crimes. And this story is all over the country. It is known in the whole Africa. It is known in the whole world. But the UK does not want to show remorse, to compensate, to support the kid who Agnes left, and even extradite the soldiers. Today, UK is busy pushing to extradite Julian Assange. Why are they not interested in extraditing the soldiers who killed someone? Julian Assange is being persecuted for telling the world the truth. It is known. But they, are, they want to, to, to extradite him. How come these soldiers who are moving freely in London cannot be extradited to face charges here in Kenya? 
We are very unhappy about uh, this uh, particular case, and that's why we are in court against the British government. Despite the fact that I'm facing a lot of intimidation and threats and physical attacks, I'm feeling unbowed that I have to do this for that young family, that, that young daughter of the late Agnes Wanjiru, because she deserves justice. No, indeed, this is, it's absolutely horrifying. It is absolutely horrifying that something like this could happen. May, may God bless her soul and my deepest condolences to the Wanjiru family. Um, I can't imagine what her parents and her, her closest family and friends have gone through. So yeah, our deepest condolences to them. Let's move on to the British unexploded uh, munition that has caused the deaths or severe injuries of several Kenyans and still remains a major threat, in fact, even now. What efforts could be made to obtain redress for the victims as well as prevent further damage? Well, it must be understood that uh, these trainings are going on in inside wildlife conservancies and human settlement areas. It is very, very, very sick of any training forces around the world to train in a, in a wildlife conservancy in a human settlement area. Most of these trainings, they conduct them at night, throwing all those bombs, you know, detonating uh, those uh, bombs in uh, human settlement areas. Definitely, there are those weapons that will not detonate. So when children are moving to school and families are doing their farming and the nomadic community that is rearing their cattle, goats, and they find these metals, they try to play around with them and they kill them. So there has to be there has to be a concerted effort by these forces to clean their mess, but they don't. Once they conclude training at wee hours of the of the morning, 3 a.m., they just pack and go back to their barracks. They don't they don't they don't, uh, don't check what has not uh, exploded. So these weapons have killed so many Kenyans, killed so many livestock. So that is one thing that uh, uh, has raised a lot of uh, interest. Even by our KDF, I have seen our Kenyan Defense Forces are now actively engaged in cleaning and also communicating. But that's not the responsibility of Kenyan Defense Forces. Those people who are conducting training are the ones who are supposed to do that. They do not respect our environment. You cannot train in a wildlife conservancy full of elephants, lions, zebras, gazelles. You're supposed to train in a well-designated area, gazetted, even by the Kenyan government. But what are they doing? In Lodega, where, where our case is at, it's a conservancy. It's a wildlife sanctuary. But that's why people are using all manner of weapons, heavy weapons. What, what, scaring the animals. When this animal gets scared, they get traumatized. They come and start attacking uh, people who are, who are neighbors, you know. Eating young children on their way to school. One of our vice chairperson in charge of the community that is in court was literally mauled by lions when he was grazing. So it's a very, very sickening thing and uh, part of the reason why Kenyans are protesting, genuinely protesting, is because the training is becoming unsustainable. They have not, they are not making it uh, sustainable and they are not showing any effort that it will be sustainable even into the future. And that's what you can see there is a lot of activities even in, in, in West Africa. 
where citizens are now pushing uh, French uh, soldiers out. Kenya, it is reaching that point. Because Kenya has no military base in the United Kingdom. If, it is, if, relation, if this relationship is sustainable, why can the UK allocate some land in, in, in Scotland or, or Wales or, or somewhere for our Kenya Defence Forces to train there? But they can't allow to, our soldiers to train in the UK, but they, they want to come here and train. So this training has to be sustainable. And we are very clear about it. And we have made proper presentation to the Parliament of Kenya. The inquiry is ending in, uh, in April, and we are hoping that our members of the Parliament will do justice to our people. And if they don't do justice, we will still pursue justice for our people. Because it's not fair, it's not right, it's not moral what is happening. In those three counties. Uh, back in the beginning of this podcast, I mentioned to our listeners that you were um, that you were attacked. Now, back on the 9th of November, Mr. Macharia and his family were attacked by a gang at his residence. So, do you have any reasons to suspect that the attack was somehow related to your organization's investigation of the allegations against Batuk? That is something that you cannot rule out. When King Charles was visiting this country, I organized a major press conference in Nairobi. I was disrupted by police. Despite giving the notice as per the laws of Kenya, I was told that that should not happen and will not happen. It is not a coincidence that less than a week later, gang came and, and, uh, and harassed my family. They nearly killed me. They had all manner of weapons. Once they came, they were asking for laptops, phones, and they collected most of the documents. So... I cannot rule out that. Gangs come for petty, petty criminals come for petty things. But these are people coming for laptops and papers. I think uh, my, my engagement and my organization activities uh, is irritating so many people somewhere. But all I'm saying, and I thank God that I'm alive, that that experience should not happen to him because it was very traumatic. People coming all the way into your house at 3 a.m., with all weapons, bundling your kids into one corner of the house and telling them, don't worry, don't, don't be scared. Very young children, getting my wife out so that they can deal with me, asking me questions. It's an experience that has really changed, has really changed me. And I, I, I no longer feel safe. This country has a history of assassinating leaders, assassinating activists, people who are seeking real justice, people who are not liked by these forces, they get sorted out. So for me, it is a very scary thing because uh, it was even involving my family. Directors, some of directors of my organizations uh, have not spoken, have not spoken to them because some are hiding because they feel that they may be, they be, they may be targeted. For past one week, no officer has reported back to office, our staff. So it's a, it's a, it's something that I cannot rule out. It's a, it was well covered by local media and international media. But to me, it's something that I cannot rule out that whatever I'm doing in pursuit of justice for the people of Reykjavik. Yeah. And, you know, thank God that you, uh, that you and your family are alive. I mean, it's a terrible thing that has happened. Um, I genuinely hope that those that committed this attack are caught and brought to justice as strictly as possible because you know, things like these, they truly undermine um, the human pursuit of justice. Yeah. 
So I genuinely hope that you and your family remain safe and will be okay. Look, in an earlier conversation with my colleague, you mentioned that you're contemplating applying for political asylum in Russia. What prompted this decision? Personally, when my children are involved, I would not mind who gives me a place of refuge. And simply because my activities are very, very, very clear that I'm pursuing what even the court directed. I feel people are not happy with whatever I'm doing and I have now to salvage my family. I have to save my family. I have saved myself from harm. The message they sent to me was very loud and clear. I wouldn't mind any country, including your country, giving, giving me some, some, some place to secure my family. It's not easy. My kids are highly traumatized. My family it is highly traumatized. And uh, I still feel that I need to continue fighting for my people. Because 60 years after independence, they are, we are still facing far worse crimes than our fathers underwent. So I feel it is important that I secure my family. And that is my, my interest. Yeah, this is my first time speaking to a direct victim of any such crime. So this is a first for me and it is quite hard to put the emotions I'm feeling in words. Um, you know, usually when we read news or hear news about someone getting attacked or people getting killed, it is often, I'm not, and of course I'm not saying everyone, but we have become so exposed to these events via media that we always think, uh, you know, it's it's something that happens out there. You know, murder happens out there. These attacks they happen to someone else and never to me. But when these things happen to you per se, and when these things happen to people you speak to, it somehow takes a different light. It is almost as if you relive them, okay, unless it happens to you physically. So once again, like I said to Mr. Macharia and his family, I extend my deepest appreciation for the work they are doing and offer my most sincere support. I truly hope that your family will stay safe. And like I said, that the perpetrators are brought to justice. Well, that said, uh, to our listeners, thank you for joining me today uh, as Mr. Masharia and I discussed this ongoing investigation into the British Army Training Unit in Kenya. And our guest, James Mwangi Masharia, provided us with truly insightful information about these allegations against Batuk and the ongoing legal proceedings. Just a quick takeaway, we discussed the class action filed by Macharia's organization seeking justice for the people affected by the wildfire allegedly caused by British soldiers, as well as the death of Agnes Wanjiru, may God rest her soul, a 21-year-old Kenyan woman who was killed by these foreign troops. Macharia also highlighted the presence of unexploded uh, munition which has caused the deaths or severe injuries of several Kenyans and still remains a major threat. As Mr. Macharia put it, justice delayed is justice denied and he called on international support to bring these soldiers 
that are responsible for the death of Agnes Wanjiru to account. That said, I hope that this episode has shed enough light on this important issue and that you will join us in calling for justice for the victims of Batuk's activities. Thank you for listening and I hope you'll join me again for another episode of the Afro Verdict podcast. And remember that in case you missed a part of this podcast, feel free to rewind on popular podcasting platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Deezer, CastBox, Pocket Cast, Afropods and Podcast Addict. If you're more of a reader, then feel free to go to the Sputnik Africa website and enjoy the numerous articles we have there. However, for shorter digests, go ahead to our Sputnik Africa Telegram page, TikTok account and other socials to get the juiciest information from across the globe. That said, I take my adieu and I'll see you all next time. Afro Verdict. Brought to you by Sputnik Africa.